This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, The Prophecy. I can't find the tagline. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And the tagline is Archangel Gabriel has brought the second war of heaven to earth. Yeah, I I remember that. It was not a good tagline. It's a bad tagline. Yep. And we are Sans Hotlanta because Hotlanta doesn't like the winter because he's hot. Yeah. I'm assuming it's cold where you are. It ain't warm. We were we were low forties today. It was it was enjoyable, tolerable for December. Yeah, well, we were in the beehives, so I was wearing like a bee suit. So it's always nice when it's cool. That's fair. Uh, otherwise, I get really hot and really sweaty, and it's, no one enjoys no one enjoys that, including me. But we also watched this movie, The Prophecy, as suggested by me. Yep, and it's kicking off Prophecy Month, question mark? Month plus a week, probably, because I think you're going to make us watch the fourth and fifth ones, which are, or let's just say, th- they're not my favorite movies. Hey, I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound. I guess. In for a feather, in for a wing. I also guess. I don't know. That's what angels say, right? That sounds angel-esque. They also say, hey, you're a pillar of salt now. Yeah. So yeah, so we watched this, and how does this begin, Chris? Well, we we meet up with uh, Casey Jones. Oh, he plays Casey Jones, doesn't he? Yeah. Huh. That's just what I pulled out, so that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, I always think of him as the uh, the detective from Defendor. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah, probably. Defendor's not a great movie, but, you know, hey, it's fun. <laughs> and he's, uh, yeah, he's taking his priest finals. I don't know what the proper terminology is. Well, he's going through whatever the ritual is when they make you a priest. You know, like you're canonized when you become a saint. And I don't know if you're priestified when you become a priest. Yeah. Maybe you're rifleized because you know if you're cannon for a saint, a rifle for a priest. That seems reasonable. Yeah. But he comes down with a bad case of uh, horrifying hallucinations. Hor- yeah, horrifying visions from God about angels being impaled on stakes and like fighting a war in heaven, <laughs> which he didn't enjoy. Yeah. Weird. That seems super fun to happen when you're not ready for it. Yeah. And so he cries on the floor of a church. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, Casey Jones becomes very uh, disenfranchised with the whole idea of being a priest at that point. So what do you do when you turn in your stole and your robe, Chris? You pick up your gun and your badge. (laughs) Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, he becomes a detective. In L.A.? Yeah, in unnamed city. I was thinking more New York. That's what I thought, but then they end up in a desert, so I was like, well, that takes New York out of this. Well, I mean, there are, like, planes you can take, Chris, that will take you across the country in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, not now with COVID. Like, you people... You know, maybe don't want to be flying in metal tubes with other people who might be sick. But, I mean, when there's not COVID, flying is a perfectly safe mode of transportation. Yeah, safer than the automobile. Yeah. But that's only because many more people drive than fly. If there are, if there are the same number of planes in the air as there are automobiles on the ground, we'd have a lot more plane crashes. Fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. 
plus with a lot of overworked air traffic controllers. And Maybe uh, ground traffic controllers. Yeah. I guess we need to put tracking devices in all the cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people will be fine with that. Yeah. Just don't put a mask on my car because that, 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 that abridges my freedoms. To mask my car. Yeah. They have those car bras. Yeah, I that's, remember those. That's kind of like a car mask. I never understood the car bras. Your car's got its bits just hanging out otherwise. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So provocative. I, weren't they supposed to like make like improve your mileage or make your car more aerodynamic or something? Some shit like that? I'm sure some made up shit got people to buy it. Yeah, kind of like the people who replaced the tailgates of their uh, trucks with like those mesh nets. Yeah, but I I at least kind of can understand that aerodynamically. Yeah, but then also like I feel like your tailgate's gonna hold things in better, and also you can step up onto a tailgate easier. I feel like. Well, that's fair. But anyway. Now the car talk is over with the Clacker Brothers. <laughs> or the well, Click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. There we go. So there's uh now there's some angels floating around. Yep. There's a red-headed dude. Uh, and then there is the dark-haired dude that looks like Tommy Wiseau's, as you put it, Tommy Wiseau's what? What, buff cousin? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... So, but it starts out with uh, Casey jo- Detective Jones is smoking on the top of a building, and then a uh, redheaded angel uh, shows up uh, and asks him if he's seen Honey Bunny, which which answers no. But then he starts talking to him about the visions that he had on the floor of the church when he went to become a priest. He was being rifleized. Yeah, and he's like cool. Glad you know stuff you shouldn't know, I guess. And then he then they like doesn't the angel like Batman out of there? Like he turns to talk to him and he's just not there anymore. Yeah, he's just gone. Yeah. Just poof. Batman's. Yeah. And he heads back to his rundown hotel room. Yep. Where a secondary angel shows up, the black haired one. And they have an angel fight. Yeah. Which involves uh, Tommy Wiseau's buff cousin being having his neck impaled on broken glass in a window frame. And then does he have his heart ripped out or does he just get thrown from the window? Uh, He just kind of throws him out and then he gets hit by a car. Yeah, right in the chest. That was going like 106 miles an hour down an alleyway for some reason. Some people are in a hurry, Chris. And uh, And they call Detective Jones to the scene. Yeah. (laughs) And there's like the snarky fucking beat cop who is like, you know, they're they're, like, well, here's the apartment. And, you know, someone with like the the detective training that you have might might call this like, you know, signs of a struggle. And there's just like fucking sprays of blood and broken furniture all over the fucking place. Yeah, windows smashed out. Like, thank you, snarky cop. I love you. <laughs> yeah, and he just gives him shit the entire time he's talking to him. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and we called you because we found this book about was it about angels that apparently you wrote. Who the fuck knew you could read and write? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 look who's out when the sun's up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. And then, uh, but there's a piece of paper, there's a newspaper with an obituary circled in there for Colonel Hawthorne. Yeah. In Chimney Rock, Arizona. And uh, the redhead angel, he takes off to Chimney Rock. Yes. To go visit the uh, the dead colonel. Yep. And he does some kind of angel makeout magic to him. Yep, he gives them the, the French kiss of soul-sucking. Yeah, and removes his soul, which, I mean, he's already dead. 
so you think it would have left already, but I guess that's not how it works. I guess it takes time, or maybe you have to be buried. I don't know how it works. I mean, you know, who knows how the metaphysics metaphysics work in this? I mean, apparently it was supposed to still be there later, so maybe it takes like forty days and forty nights, and then your soul goes away. Yeah, there's a holding period to make yeah. sure your soul check clears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did did your did your ticket to to heaven go go through or not? We'll find. Well, we have to wait and find out. Yeah, it'll take four to six business days. Forty days and forty nights, Chris. And we uh we catch up with the the coroner guy, who is examining the body. Who is delightful and does not eat any food in the morgue. However, he does have a a sign up that says the fridges are for bodies, not for beer. Yeah, when I'm like, oh man, you're kind of a buzzkill, but I like you anyway. Yeah, like and like when he starts like like poking around at the body, like uh, the Detective Jones is kind of like, uh, huh, huh. and this guy's just like blah 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 blah. Like it, <laughs> it's the best way to show that someone who works at a fucking morgue is not freaked out by dead bodies. Instead of the the like the cliche like I'm gonna eat a sandwich over this dead body because I don't I give zero fucks about dead bodies. Yeah, he's got like a whole like picnic spread laid out on top of a corpse, and he's <laughs> the eyes are great for holding olives. And he's uh, he's going over all the stuff about this here uh, corpse. He's like, well, first of all, a little weird that he doesn't have eyes, and not that like they're not there, but like he never had them. Yeah, and like, and there was nothing associated with the eyes that even grew, like no optic fiber, nothing. Uh, there's no signs that his bones ever grew, or that, or that they aged. Basically, yeah. yeah. And and also, like his blood work was like the blood of a like was the blood of a fetus. Yeah. So and basically, uh, this fully grown man was newborn. Yeah. And all they found on him was uh, some sort of crazy Bible. Which has like an extra book for uh, for revelations. Yeah. And, and thankfully, Casey Jones used to almost be a priest, so he knows all about that shit. Yeah. And also the body had a like a like a burned. I, they call it a tattoo, but it's more of a brand. Yeah. On his neck that matches a, a symbol in the Bible. Like on the cover of the Bible, the inside cover of the Bible. And, uh, and uh, Casey oh, the Bible J- dates back to like 200 AD or something. Yeah, it's the literal oldest Bible. Yeah. That has ever been found. And they're just like, and, and he just had, is able to just check it out as evidence, just has to sign for it. It's fine. Yeah. And he translates it. And it says we get, uh, the, we get the investigation montage, the the library study montage, which every fucking movie in the nineties needs to have. Yeah. And Casey Jones learns that there was a a war in heaven between the angels and some of the other angels when God decided that people were were in His grace and not the angels anymore. Yeah, like basically, he, God placed he- man above angel in heaven in in his heart. Yeah, and some of the angels were like, "Okay, cool, whatever, you're the boss," and the other angels were like, "Oh man, that's bullshit." Yeah, and, uh, and then they had a war about it. There's a prophecy. What about uh, yeah? A movie I, called the prophecy. Hey man, I didn't write it. <laughs> That uh, there's some sort of soul that they'll find that'll be like the equalizer in this whole mess. Yeah, it's like a dark soul that will eat other dark souls, and through that, gain their power, and it will tip the balance to the war of, of the war in heaven. Yeah, would you say it's bloodborne? I don't know. It's a Dark I Souls don't... joke. Yes, I know. I've never actually played any of the Dark Souls games. Not my bag. Yeah. I was trying to think of any of the other Bloodborne Dark Souls game names. I couldn't think of anyone. Demon Souls. There you go. I don't know. I just let's just throw this whole joke into a bonfire, Chris. Fair enough. And as all this is going on, your friend of mine, Gabriel, he shows up. Yes. 
and he has he has sad sack suicide attempting dude who has the best picture of him and his girlfriend on his on his table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like his arm rounder and he's like grinning and she's just kind of got this look like I'm going to fucking kill everyone right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. There's a noose hanging in his apartment. Yeah. And it's uh and Days to Confused is the uh is the movie this guy other movie this guy's in that I know. And uh Basically, what Gabriel's it's done is he hasn't brought him back to life. He's just kept him dying very, very, very slowly. Yeah, he went to kill himself, and Gabriel was like, "Hey, you can still do that, but it's going to take a real long time." And in the meantime, you're going to do shit for me. Yeah, which is because I guess because he can't die otherwise. Right, is my understanding. Yeah, he can't die otherwise, or, or or maybe Gabriel can just make it hurt a whole lot. Like, maybe you just feel yourself dying all the time. Maybe. I could, I could see that being kind of uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, just... But also, but, but Gabriel needs him because he can't interact with, like, the modern world at all. Yeah. He doesn't know how so, to interact with things very well. Yeah. Man-made things are not meant for angels, apparently. And so uh, he sends uh, Adam Goldberg to uh, to steal the personal effects of of uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. So that they could find out what he had found out. Oh, but first, Gabriel shows up in Redhead's apartment. Yeah. That's how he's actually introduced. And he is like creepy as fuck in this. Like he like walks in, kind of like jerkily looks around, sniffs the air and shit. And like and then like licks like like gently licks some of the blood and just says, what was it? Was it was it Samuel? Was that the Simon? Simon. Simon, yes. He's like, oh Simon, and then like wanders out. And that's when we are then introduced to uh, Adam Goldberg and but, yeah. So we find out that uh so that's how he finds out that uh Simon was after Colonel Hawthorne in Chimney Rock, where Virginia Madsen is playing racially ambiguous character on a uh on a Native American reservation teaching school and some of the girls go up to the the second floor of the school to play hide and go seek and they hide and seek a they find a Simon there redhead dude yeah and he's not doing great after the scrap earlier yeah and also probably having a soul inside of him didn't help either because that's not a normal situation for an angel I'm sure fair enough plus an evil soul probably is not very good for an angel and he uh he kind of befriends one of the girls Mary yeah, I like how like she, he's like, what's your name? And she's like, Mary. He's like, uh, of course. Yeah, all right. That's a little on the nose, but I'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's talking to her, and then Virginia Madsen shows up and shoes Mary away and decides that she's going to call the cops to get the homeless guy out of the church, out of the school. And they're like, well, we're kind of busy with this, like uh, – this traffic accident on the interstate. So someone will get there when they can get there. And then in the meantime, Mary sneaks back. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. Almost immediately. And then there's this scene where if you don't know what's going on reads as like the creepiest fucking scene in the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. Out of context, you think you were watching a very bad film. Yeah, because it's like, he's going to give her something very special. Can you keep a secret, little girl? Yeah. Yikes. Very big. He's going to put it inside her, and she needs to keep it secret. And you're like, oh, Jesus, fuck. Oh, he's leaning in real close to her mouth. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And then he does, like, give her, like, the angel soul transfer kiss. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, yeah. Now she's heavy with soul yeah <laughs> and uh go figure 
cramming the evilest soul into a small child, she doesn't handle it super great. Yeah, she doesn't feel so well. Yeah. So she has to go go home. And then, uh, oh, it's so I'm back in urban center, unnamed. Uh, Gabriel goes and visits the uh, the morgue because he's got to give final rights to his fallen lieutenant Uziel. Yeah, and that's where one of the few times you see him like reach out to someone and go shh, and they collapse. That's like one of two times this happens in the movie. If I could do and, that, uh, I would be doing that twenty four seven. Right? No reason at all. Just <laughs> shh, bonk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so he pulls out Uziel, and uh, he doesn't. He he uh, apparently anoints him with oil from the bottle, but th- they do such a good job with uh, whoever's doing the hand acting on that to make it look like he pours oil into his hands from his bottle and rubs it on the guy's face. But never do you see the oil leave the bottle or on his hands. Like it's all a cheat, and it's it's just a weird little thing that I love about this movie is that how well acted that cheat physically acted that that cheat is about the oil. Because I always hate movies when people are drinking coffee from coffee like like Starbucks cups, and the way they move them, it's obvious they are completely empty. <laughs> yeah, but. But whoever did the hand acting for this, like, did an amazing job of making it look like they actually did pour oil into their hand and anointed this guy's face with it. And it's a little stupid thing to nerd out about, but I love it. And so uh, he's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel does the his signature, like, I kisses his finger that points his finger at the body, and it just like, whew, it's on, it's on flam. And uh. So, Casey Jones gets wind of all this. He decides to head to Chimney Rock because that was the only lead he had was the obituary thing they found. Yeah. So, he heads there as well as Gabriel because he, uh, I I smelled Simon? I don't know. A hundred percent. Well, he, no, because they, when, uh, when his walking, talking zombie friend... Uh, stole Uziel's personal effects. The obituary was in there. Oh or yeah, Simon's personal effects. Yeah, so they uh, everybody's heading to Chimney Rock now. Yes, we're converging. Oh, but they do drive, so I guess this is supposed to be L.A. A lie. So uh, and, uh, and that's where we find out that Gabriel can't drive. Yeah, sixty-five or otherwise. Yeah. Although it is funny because like they're driving and he's pitch black and they're inside a uh, like an enclosed vehicle and then the very next cut they're in a convertible with the top down and it's dusk and then he has them pull over so that he can because uh, he he spots a, the graveyard that Colonel Hawthorne is buried in. Yeah, so he has uh, he has days to confuse, dig him up. Yep. Because he's going to get that delicious soul. Yeah. But it's not there. Well, while he's perched up. Oh, we haven't talked. Have we haven't talked about the perching yet. Yeah. Gabriel does that most of that perched up on top of a gravestone. And when I say perched, I mean sitting like a fucking bird on top of, you know, the what? One inch thick gravestone. Yeah. And not just like standing on it, but like up on his tippy toes. Yeah. And just balanced perfectly. And uh, Simon had also been. Uh, yeah, he was like on the back of a chair like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the chair didn't tip over. <laughs> it's just like, and then I think we saw Uziel also was perched at one point on the side of it, like on the, the edge of a building. But the angels, they like to perch because, you know, I guess they got wings. So they're like birds. Reasonable. And, uh, so then he jumps down into the, the coffin to suck the soul out of Colonel Hawthorne's body. But there ain't no soul there. Yeah. And he, he does ask Days is confused where he would put a soul. And his answer is, uh, wherever you wouldn't find it. <laughs> which seems reasonable. Yeah. 
I, I just totally unhelpful but completely reasonable. Yeah, I like their dynamic where he's helping, but in the most like passive aggressive ass way he possibly can help the guy. Yeah. So uh Casey Jones is also on the scene and he's kind of canvassing the area. Uh he talks to the the teacher lady. And she says that, yeah, there was a homeless dude. Oh, but Gabriel also burns up Simon's body. Oh, yeah, he finds Simon. Pulls his heart out and then burns his body. Yeah, tries to get him yeah. to give yeah, up the answers. Convert him, but, you know. Yeah. It's like, how long has it been since you've heard the voice of God? <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a soft spot. Yeah. For Gabriel. You think after thousands of years, he would be a little more chill about it but I, I think Gabriel has pretty much zero chill yeah no that's fair <laughs> and uh, also uh, Detective Jones stops by the graveyard at some point to find Colonel Hawthorne's plot and he finds like the 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 groundsman like finishing burying it he's like oh when was he buried and the guy's like which time he's like what do you mean which time like well some some asshole dug him up last night so I just finished reburying him <laughs> Yeah, I'll bury him too, I guess. <laughs> and somehow Gabriel finds out that the soul was put into a child. Well, first. Oh, Simon. Yeah, Simon tells him about it. Well, he just says he doesn't have it. Right. And so then Gabriel puts two and two together and. Yeah. Comes up with child. And uh, Casey Jones is entered Hawthorne's house because guy with keys lets him in. Right. Well, he's a he's a cop, and like the dude has like no family, no friends. So they uh, they decide that they're just going to uh, let him in because you know he's a cop. What the what what what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And he uh, he finds like a box underneath his bed that's full of his old army memorabilia where he kept a bunch of newspaper clippings where he uh, turns out is a horrible monster. Yeah, like war criminal. Uh, there's also like some video, like some like newsreel or something pictures of like bodies just dumped in ditches and shit like that. Yeah, like, he finds like a legit film like yeah. projector in the whole nine yards. Yeah, like little like eight millimeter film or whatever. Where it and turns out that he was murdering all these people and, you know, impaling them on stakes and It was he was a very, very bad person. Yeah, he got a court martial for his trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, that that's that's super American right there. Yeah. War crimes, huh? Well, you're now a private first class. Yeah, or you've been dishonorably discharged. Congratulations. Uh. And uh, and then at that, that point, Gabriel's checking out the... He's doing dental inspections on the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is where he has the trumpet, which is pretty funny. Yeah. There's one kid, he's like, here, let me check your teeth. And so he... Cause he you know, since they transfer the soul by kiss, I guess, that, like, they, they can see the soul in the mouth. So he needs ex an excuse for the kids to open up their mouths so he can look in them. So he uh, he checks the kids' teeth and then it lets him blow, like, a note on his horn. And since, you know, Gabriel's horn is supposed to, like, signify the beginning of the apocalypse, uh, it, like, blows out one of the windows in the school. <laughs> yeah, and he even tells him, like, be careful, just a little. Don't, don't blow real hard. Yeah. Just a tip. Yeah, just see how it feels. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Virginia Madsen shows up and shoes him away. Yeah. And meanwhile, Days and Confused is just progressively looking worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, but one of the one of the girls does say something about Mary being sick. So Mary saw that guy, and she's now homesick. So Gabriel's like, "Oh, well, I guess I should probably go visit her." Yeah. And cop guy from speaking with Virginia Madsen also they decide they should go check on Mary as well because 
things are not right. Yeah. Something, something weird is afoot at the Chimney Rock. So they, uh, so Virginia Madsen goes to check on Mary, but that's where Casey Jones is. Mm-hmm. And that's when they realize that they're on the same team. Team not when, Gabriel. Yeah, and the little girl like says some creepy shit like, you ever cut off the head of a Chinaman? Yeah, it's real weird. They don't bleed like us. And super <laughs> good like, props to that kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> normally a child actor, I'm like, well, the kid didn't piss his pants and said most of his lines. Good job, child actor. But that was legitimately upsetting to hear come out of this little kid's mouth. Yeah. And she did so, like, so matter of fact. And and it was almost like she knew, like, and it, because, like, you know, like how, how much they really understand of what they're saying at that age. Like, like what cutting a Chinaman's head off, like. But she seemed to at least give it the proper inflection, like someone who knew what they were saying. Yeah, so it, I think it was pretty amazing. Because I don't think like at eight or whatever, eight years old or however old she was, that like you really comprehend what you mean when you're saying like you ever cut off the head of a Chinaman. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, what <laughs> weird. Uh, yeah, that she was she she did quite well in this movie. But yeah, and that bit you're just like, and because yeah, because uh, Detective Jones was like kind of poking around the house, and there's just like all these stick figure drawings of like people shooting other people and people impaling people on stakes, and just like he's like, hmm, something is not right here. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on it. I'm no child psychologist, but I don't think that's a normal thing to have happen. But meanwhile, like her grandmother is like, oh, she has an evil spirit in her. We need to get it out. Like, yeah. That's the thing in this movie is like the, I mean, she's, it's a reservation. It's a Native American reservation and their spirituality like works Yeah, with the movie. Like they don't, they're not like, oh, well, no, the Christians know best in this. It's just kind of like, no, the Native Americans, they're, they know their shit. They're going to do, they're going to go try to get the evil soul out of her body at this sacred place. And that's what we're going to do. And and they're like, okay. Yeah. I do like the idea that evil is evil and it doesn't really matter what, what team you're playing for. You're on, you're on the good side or the bad side. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, in spoilers, like their exorcism actually works. So, you know, like it does, it, it doesn't require, you know, a young priest and an old priest. So they, uh, the uh, Virginia Madsen and Casey Jones are talking, and she's like, "Wait, I saw Gabriel's car back at the fucking old abandoned mine." So they go to check it out, and it's all covered with the uh, the angelic script stuff. Yeah, which why would Gabriel just like write a bunch of shit on a rock wall in a cave? Like, does it because he doesn't sleep and he got bored? Yeah, question mark. I was like, well, that was the one bit where I was like, I'm not sure why this is all here. But then also uh, Detective Jones has another like flash of like angels fighting in heaven. But there. well, I thought that that uh, Virginia Madsen also saw it. She might have as well. I don't remember. Because there's like the, the torch thing comes up or the oil lantern or whatever the hell it was. Oh, yeah. And then they see a bunch of impaled angels on stakes. And then he smashes it. Yeah, you're right. And then they take off. The car is gone, so they head back to check on Mary. Yeah, and they have a fight with Gabriel there at the in the 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 what what uh, trailer? Yeah, mobile home. That's the word I'm looking for. Mobile home. Two words actually. Uh, that uh, they have a fight in there. Uh, Detective Jones finally puts like one between the eyes of Adam Goldberg and he gets to finally shuffle off the mortal coil. Yeah. He actually thanks him, which I thought was a pretty good bit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. So they get Mary out and the cops show up too. Cause Virginia Madsen called the cops like a smart fucking person does. And, uh, well, and at, at this point, Mary does tell Casey Jones that the rules on Earth are different. Angels aren't immortal. 
You just have to pull their hearts out. Right. And then, so they're, uh, Gabriel starts coming after, like, they get Mary out of the house of the, the mobile home, and Gabriel starts coming after them, but then the cops shoot at Gabriel and hit the propane tank that powers the stove, I guess, in, uh, in the, the, the mobile home and blows up the mobile home and that knocks knocks out Gabriel and they put him in the put him in the cop car. Not not before he gets, uh he gets cuffed. Oh yeah. He's like cuff that corpse. <laughs> they throw him the cop car, but then he like lifts his head and winks at fucking Detective Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And uh he manages to escape And then he he decides he needs another helper. Yeah. So he goes to the hospital, to like the critical care ward, and like a nurse tries to interrupt him, and he shushes her, and she collapses, which is the only other time he does it in this movie. Uh, they they use it more later, and uh, they uh, in the later movies, and then uh, so he's going through like recovering. Fuck that. What getting better? Nope. If I gets to the last one, he's like, oh, terminally like. Gonna die any second now. Great. This is the one I'm looking for. <laughs> and flatline. Yeah, and he's like, and they bring he's like, come on back, come on back. And it's a it's Amanda Plummer, which is just amazing to me. They got Eric Stoltz, Amanda Plummer, and Christopher Walken in a movie, and it wasn't pulp fiction. Yeah. And uh and she's not real happy. She's like, but there was this nice comforting light that I was heading towards, and now I can't get there. Fuck you. <laughs> But he needs her to drive him to the sacred place where they're going to extract the soul from Mary. Yeah. And that's where Casey Jones and company have gone off to. And they start the exorcism, which apparently is going to take well, a while. No, Yeah, they, they start the ritual. And then someone shows up and has a little conversation with Virginia Madsen. Yep. And it's, uh, it's old uh, Bials above himself. Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Yeah. And he shows up, and he's like, hey, what's up? I, uh, I'm gonna help you, but not because I like you, because fuck you. But I really dislike the angels more, because two hells is one hell too many. Yep. <laughs> he's like, if Gabriel wins, he's gonna turn heaven into its own kind of hell, and I don't want that. I want my hell, and no one else gets theirs. Yeah. And so then, uh, and he gives like a hint to both Virginia Madsen and to Detective Jones that uh, the the thing that holds an angel's being together is faith. And so, uh, you know, maybe you should test like what would test an angel's faith? And uh, and the the the, the, the Lucifer Bates says, and you, Detective Jones, should know what I'm talking about, which is basically, you know. Like, what if you stopped hearing the call of God? You know, <laughs> like you're called to being a priest and then you're given all these visions and you no longer hear the call anymore. Like that fucks you up as a person. Imagine what it would do to an angel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, Gabriel and Honey Bunny are uh, heading there. There's a scene at the diner that's fun. With Madge. Yeah. The waitress who I think shows up in the third movie as well. Which I think is a nice little callback. Cause but you, we'll get to that later. And she's talking to Gabriel, who's got gunshot wounds. And this girl in Scrubs, who's just drooling and begging for death. <laughs> and he's just asking for directions. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, do, they like to juxtapose like normalcy with just the batshit craziness of the premise of this movie. Yeah. And he, uh, he I, hollers I at her. He hollers at her because she's like, I don't want to do any of this. I want to go back to that place I was where it was nice and comforting. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, well, you can help me out and you can get there. Or you can wait for the heat death of the goddamn universe. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I also think that that diner scene probably uh, inspired the entire movie Legion. Yeah. So. And then they leave, and he says to Madge, you probably won't meet me again. She said, that's fine by me. 
Uh, yeah, and then so and then uh, meanwhile, Detective Jones there was rigged rigged up a chain across the uh, the entrance to the uh, the the sacred land so that you know when Honey Bunny is driving, she hits it at full speed and Gabriel, her and Gabriel both go like through the front windshield. Yeah, and then get up. Yeah, they're fine. What's the name? Because one's an angel and one is a person who just can't die yet. Yeah. Unless she's shot, I guess. Well, I thought maybe if she like set herself on fire, maybe she could like destroy enough of her body that it wouldn't, she wouldn't live anymore. But I don't know. That's true. And uh, so Gabriel and uh, Casey Jones get into it. Mm-hmm. And they uh they have one of them uh talk offs. Yeah, a talk fight. Yeah. And Casey Jones is like, hey man, I know what it's like not hearing the voice anymore. And the gist of it is he shakes his faith. Yeah. But we also have to re- mention that this whole time Gabriel's been referring to human as monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, which we I can't believe we have not mentioned yet. But yeah, no, just monkeys, monkeys, monkeys. Talking monkeys. Yeah. He does not have a very high opinion of humanity. No. And uh he uh Gabriel makes his way to where they're having the ceremony. Yep. In the building, and then uh meanwhile, like Detective Jones like crawls to the car. Because oddly enough, man versus angel, the angel wins in a hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, I mean, good figure. Yeah. So Detective Jones makes his way to the car and starts driving the car towards the building. And then Honey Bunny comes up out of the back seat and starts like strangling him, yelling, kill me, kill me, kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's all very weird. Which, if you're going to have an actress strangle someone while yelling, kill me, kill me, kill me, Amanda Plummer is the actress to have do that. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely in the top five. <laughs> and he uh, rams and he through says, the wall of the place. Yeah. And drives part of the wall through Gabriel. Yeah. And then proceeds to bludgeon him with a crowbar. Yes. Or tire and iron. Then, and then things get creepy. Yeah, then things get weird. <laughs> the devil shows up with his like voiceless helper in a robe and chains who likes to hiss at people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one day I hope to have my own robe chain hiss man. Well, I mean, Brett's close. <laughs> uh, he does hiss a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, get him some rope and some chains. Maybe cut out his tongue. I mean, yeah. can you not hit? You can't. You can't hiss without without a tongue, can you? Well, then we'll do some lyric stuff. It'll be fine. Okay, like maybe some throat singing instead. Yeah. And uh, the devil's like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going? Been a while, brother." <laughs> Turns out, uh, I don't like what you're doing. So I'm just going to, real quick, I'm going to pull out your heart and eat it. And take you down to hell with me. Yep. And he seems to get real high off of eating Gabriel's heart. Like, yeah. he gets like real real stoned off of it. So I it's, guess if you're looking for that high, if you're really chasing that next high, folks, try eating an angel's heart. Yeah. Don't let the QAnons fool you. It's not about the fucking adrenochrome. No, no. Angel hearts. Angel cardio high. And uh, they drag him away. The Native Americans finish the ritual. Yeah. Well, but also, but Lucifer also then turns to like Virginia Madsen and Detective Jones and like tries to coax them to come with him. Like God doesn't love you, but I will. I, I love you so much. Like, I love you always forever. Yeah, they're like, uh, no. Yeah. 
You're the and literal then, oh, devil. Yeah. And he's like, fine, and leaves. Yeah. The the ritual is successful. They pull the evil soul out of her. And, and then the motherfucking like light of God comes down from the heavens and strikes the soul and incinerates it. Like you do. Which I think shocked everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the day is saved. Woo! The soul, the bad soul is, uh, purified, I suppose, or at the very least destroyed. Yeah. It's definitely not going to go join the war in heaven. That's for sure. Uh, there's a little bit of monologuing about, you know, the faith or whatever. Yeah. Something. And that's pretty much it. The end. Of the prophecy. Of the prophecy. So Chris, Chris, what did you think of the movie? I like this movie. I mean, it ain't high art, but it's entertaining. I'm a sucker for the... The, like, uh, Age of War idea. Not sure why. The... It gets pretty graphic sometimes. Yeah. Like when the guy gets hit by the car, it's pretty brutal. There's like thumbs and eye sockets. Yeah, people getting emulated. Hearts getting ripped out. Yeah. Hearts getting eaten. Yeah. It's... It's a nice... Story about good versus evil that has some religious framing, but... I mean, the fact that they don't just discount the Native Americans and what they're up to lets you know that this isn't like, this is a good versus evil story. This isn't a Christian dogma story or whatever. Yeah. That it's about good versus evil. It's Christopher Walken is just Christopher Walken. He's like out of his mind in this movie. Like he's just so inhuman. He, he is literally like, however he managed to portray an angel inside a human skin, he did it. Yeah, because he holds himself together for 40% of every scene until he gets tired of it. And then just Christopher walkens it up as hard as he can. <laughs> I say give this one a go if you haven't seen it. It's not the most horrific thing you'll ever see. But it's got some pretty good scenes. It's just a, your classic good versus evil story. You could do a lot worse than this, for sure. I mean, I, I'm i going to say what do you think, Troy, but since you picked it, I feel like I know what you think. No, I definitely like this movie. Uh, I think people should watch it, and that's why I picked it, so that Chris and Brett could watch it. But, you know, one out of two is... Uh, it ain't bad. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. Maybe he'll be back next week and then he'll watch the prophecy too with no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, since we're watching next week, Chris, it's the prophecy too. It's suggested by me. Um, I do like also they, they, they pull in like uh Jewish Kabbalah to, to for, for like the angelic, like naming and script and all that kind of thing. So you have like Kabbalah, you have Catholicism and uh, unnamed Native American tribes religion uh, all used in this movie as religions given equal weight, basically. Uh, So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Like I said, there's like little weird, awesome bits to this movie that I enjoy. I mean, it's got it's got Christopher Walken, Amanda Plummer, Eric Stoltz, Elias Codius, Virginia Madsen, Adam Goldberg. Like, I don't like I don't know how you put together like a movie like with that cast and it's not good. Uh, so, you know, shout out to the casting director for this because you did a great job. Um, but, yeah, no, I love this movie. Uh, I like to watch it every now and then. So I think other people should watch it too. I I also love stories about good versus evil, especially like 
primordial good versus evil stories, which this I think fits. So, so what are you watching next week, Chris? Uh, we're gonna watch the prophecy too, as recommended by uh, uh, tra- try Troy, try. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Trey? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He seems all right, I guess. Tony? Tony, yeah. I think? So what if people would like to recommend a movie that we're not going to get to for a while because we're doing the prophecy <laughs> for like six weeks? How would they do that? <laughs> well, you could reach out to us on Facebook where we're Slaughterhouse Princess. You could email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. You could go to our Discord, which could be reached via discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Uh, we have a subreddit at r slash shp podcast. Uh, you could, does the best ways to reach us. If you want to hear us in any platform other than the one you're currently listening to us on, you could go to Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Music, YouTube Music, probably now, because I think Google changed Google Music to YouTube Music, because why the fuck not? Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any other fucking podcatcher you can get your hands on. Uh, we're all there. Uh, I think we have a YouTube channel with some episodes on it. Uh, yeah. And so if you wanted to buy something with our logo on it, you could go to store.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And if you would like to throw us a few bucks, like our kind patrons do every month, which I would love to say thank you to our patrons again uh, for your kind generosity, uh, you can go to patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Yep, so come back next time for The Prophecy 2. And while other podcasts think about movies, we will not imbibe alcohol. We will just put it in our mouths and then spit it out. Bye. Okay. <laughs>